Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Issues 2021. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Wichita Board of Education President Stan Reeser. Welcome to Issues 2021. Your uh, first, Thank you, Steve. Your first time on the oh, show. Sorry. That's all right. You can interrupt me anytime you want. Wichita School, <laughs> Board, Wichita School Board members are not paid for their services. How do you earn a living, Stan? Well, I actually uh, am employed uh, full-time at Ascension via Christie St. Francis. Uh, I'm in logistics and uh, supplies, been in uh, that line of work uh, for the hospital for the last 17 years. Wow. So tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up and where you went to school, things like that. Well, I uh, I graduated. Uh, I moved to Wichita in 1970, uh, right when the Wichita Public Schools w- was actually, it was the year that the uh, Wichita Public Schools integrated. Uh, uh, so I moved to Wichita in the summer before my third grade, 1970, graduated from Wichita South in 1980, uh, went to Wichita State University as a non-traditional student, uh, married my high school sweetheart, who also graduated from South High. We both graduated from uh, Wichita State uh, and have been uh, involved in the community ever since. Um, I was on the Wichita City Council from 1991 to 1995 as, uh, as a young man uh, and uh, then got back onto the Wichita City Council excuse me, the uh, Wichita School Board in 2017 and was elected uh, to a full term in 2019. So you, you, st- you came to town in 1970. Uh, that was as, a, as a young boy. Uh, yeah, that was the year I started in radio. So there we have something in common. Interesting. <laughs> so why did, you, why did you decide to run for the school board position? You had been in city council. Uh, why the school board? Well, you know... Steve, to be completely honest with you, um, I enjoyed my four years on the Wichita City Council. Uh, I'm very proud of some things that uh, that we got accomplished during that four-year time. Uh, you know, I really advocated for South Wichita, and it was a we probably in that four-year span we probably had the most. Uh, paving projects, drainage projects, intersection improvement projects that the south part of Wichita had, had ever seen. Uh, 
very uh, proud of saving the John Mack Bridge. That was an accomplishment that I'm still proud of to this day. Uh, we also started the concept and worked very hard. Uh, at that time, I worked really hard with uh, uh, former city council member Jim Ward on starting community policing. And I was so I was extremely proud of the service of the four years. But quite honestly, I was a young man who was uh, uh, perhaps maybe a little full of himself and did not fully appreciate the responsibilities and the uh, the job I had at that time and took a lot of things for granted and uh, probably didn't even approach it uh, the best way. Um so I was out of public service for quite a few years, though I was always a volunteer for the Wichita Public Schools. And then when Jeff Davis uh, decided to resign halfway through his second term in 2017, I decided to uh, give it a shot. I was appointed by the uh, that school board at that time. And I tell you, this second chance at public service has just been a complete joy, even with this COVID uh stuff that's, uh, that has disrupted uh, a lot of things that the school board needs to do. Well, let's just, it's just, just been a joy to be back and actually help people, help students. Well, let's and talk about that. For, just, let me talk about that for just a minute. Let's talk about yeah. that. Give me your overall observations about this pandemic and its impact on USD 259. Well, it has had a big impact on on us in that, number one, I don't know if education's ever going to be the same again. Turn around uh, in Mar- starting in March of 2020, we had to turn around and and redesign how to get teaching lessons to our students on a, on almost a moment's notice. We have now learned a lot of great lessons on how to do remote learning, how to use technology more, uh, how to then follow up on that technology to make sure that we're not losing the human touch. And I think the future of education is going to be a combination of in-house, in-person learning, and we are going to do a lot of uh, more things with technology. Mm-hmm. The thing, the interesting part about that is the public's willing to do that. The Board of Education throughout the state of Kansas are willing to do that. The Kansas legislature is still reluctant and is still kind of stuck in the 1960s where, you know, that form of learning. And so there's a kind of a, a little bit of a conflict going on right there between the two bodies. Have we... Uh... Have we lost many educators, either through pandemic, illness, death, or the decision to make career changes? We have, you know, statistically, we have not lost any additional number of staff than in a normal turnover. There have maybe been a few bumps here and there where something uh maybe 1% more than the previous year, but then the next year it will be uh, right back to where it was. So statistically, you can't really say there's been any additional changes, but there is an upcoming teacher shortage. There are fewer people going into education than ever before. 
And one of the reason is because of the pandemic. Mm. Uh, the job has gotten tougher and uh, it will continue to be a tough profession to be in. And so, uh, but, you know, I think the good news is, though, is the ones, the people who are going into education, I mean, they're truly going into it with an open heart and our teachers work incredibly hard. How has the, uh, how has the offsite learning experience impacted students in terms of grades and test scores have you seen any bumps we are, there yeah that's a that's a great question we are still uh compiling that uh information we saw a slight bump up in state standardized testing in 2021 uh 2020 we're still obviously into 21 22 so we'll we'll see whether or not that's that holds uh, our graduation rates uh, took a slight increase up. Um, and, but here's the thing that's, that is so critical to understand, and the Kansas Department of Education is finally getting a hold of this and understanding this, is we have now got to do a better job of collecting data on our students after they graduate we need to know one or two years after they graduate, are they employed? Are they employed because maybe they got into one of our technical programs? Are they going to college? Are they succeeding in college? Because, you know, the freshman year is the first, is the highest year that uh, where you have college dropout. So we're just, just now starting to put numbers on those type of issues and hopefully within a couple of years we will get a really good feel for how our students are doing one to two years after high school which is what the true picture is how how important is human contact in terms of public education have you found that it's more or or less important it is still important it is probably more important than ever before because uh because students do have to use technology a lot more even when we have a hundred percent in-person classes um you know there's a lot of research that is now done on technology you then create your papers your work on technology and so you still so you then have to have a human contact to follow up, to reinforce things, and we are still humans. We still need that human contact, and I, our teachers understand that. I mean, I've, we've had a lot of teachers, I've had a lot of teachers come to me and say, I was really scared about this t- technology effort we were making, or that we had to make, because um, I wasn't a big tech person either. But I've learned how to connect the technology with still being that human teacher to reinforce good behavior and try to stop bad behavior or failing grades or reinforce when they are improving on a subject. You, uh, you know, mask mandates have aroused some serious protests at school board Absolutely. meetings across the country. How has the reaction been at Wichita board meetings? We have had a pretty calm um uh, approach to that we had uh, uh we have encouraged people to express their 
frustration if they need to at our meetings. We've had a couple of public communication uh, programs that were fairly lengthy, uh, where people on both sides uh, expressed their passions about it. And it's been my strategy as a as the board president is to not stifle that, is to go ahead and let people really um, express their opinion. And, uh, and I think it's helped. I, I, as long as the, the people, the public feel that we're listening, we may not always agree with them, but we are listening and that – and that we are allowing them to express their opinion. All right. So you're listening to Issues 2021 on the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is Wichita Board of Education President Stan Reeser. Is uh, gender identification an issue in USD 259? Not uh, not particularly. Um, uh, it's been a – we passed our uh, non-discrimination uh, policy in uh, – I believe it was in 2020, uh, and that included gender identity. Um, you know, it's really interesting. Um, our students uh, were very supportive of it, and it really came down to the fact that that generation is, ext- is extremely um, accepting of people's uh, ideas on how they want to identify in gender. Um, and then it was just basically the right thing to do because uh, it, as we have re- learned more and more about this topic and this subject, uh, we have basically uh, kind of evolved in our understanding of what it takes to identify people uh, correctly. And it's a lot more complicated than it was when you and I were growing up, Steve. But uh, what my philosophy has always been is the world changes. I've never seen a time in history and uh, of, of the humankind where we ever go back. Um, so it's it, it, I think it was a proper move at the time. Now, so what, what are your views on gender and restrooms and, and gender and sports? With uh... Well, we will always take the advice and the recommendations of basically three bodies. Number one, uh, the Kansas legislature, who controls our funding. Uh, the uh, Kansas Department of Education, who continues to work on that issue. And then on the sports issue, we will always follow the, uh, uh, the recommendations and the guidelines from uh, Kansas School uh, uh, Sports Authority. Mm-hmm. Talk and about I apologize. That's not their official name. Uh, Kansas High School it. Activities, something like that. I know what you're Exactly. Talking. Thank you, Steve. It's got like eight letters or something in there. Yeah, that, that's why you. That's why you've done six thousand straight uh, shows. That's right. That's it. Hey, talk about the challenges of educating hugely diversified student body in terms of ethnicity, race, and language challenges. We do. We have a uh, we ha- we we have over a hundred different languages spoken in our hallways. Um, but you know, one thing that has really changed in education from even the time I was a student, uh, 
is that student teachers nowadays, educators have to have more in their toolbox than ever before. They no longer can just be a great teacher on English literature. Today's student has, must feel that that teacher, that educator is connected to them in some way. Uh, that was driven home to me from visiting classes. You, could, you can have a great teacher, great educator on a subject, but if those students feel that that teacher doesn't care about them personally, then they've, they've lost them and they will not learn in that class. And so our teachers are under incredible uh, stress to connect with more students on an individual level than ever before. And they have to be a nurse. They have to be a doctor. They have mm. to be a counselor. They have to, be, they have to know their subject. They have to know how to uh, resolve conflict in, within a class, uh, maybe between two students. It is a lot more complicated, and it's a lot more detailed, and there's so many more layers to education than there was, uh, I think, during my time period when I was a student. You know, I, I, I freely admit that I'm a huge history buff. Are students getting enough history, and are they getting an honest look at what really happened? <laughs> Well, that is, you know, I have never stepped into, as a board member, I've never really stepped into, you know, the uh, micromanaging of classrooms. Uh, the information that I receive is that our classroom teachers are as diverse as our community is diverse. Um, and so there is uh, a emphasis at the high school level that history should be taught in a pretty basic, generic way. And when you start getting into um, uh, expanding that history, you should have your good base built up in high school. And then if you're a big history person, and you're interested in that subject for college, you have that good base of understanding the, the basics and the facts and the dates, but then you can start expanding your horizons on, uh, you know, theories and so forth. I think overall we are doing a really good job on teaching history. And, yes, there's lively con uh, conversations in classrooms every day. But no one is pushing any agenda. I think the high school level and the middle school level is concentrating 99% of the time on the basic facts. Give us your views on the impact of social media on today's kids. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think today's kids handle social media far better than we adults do. Um, I think they understand what social media was really designed and meant to do, and that was just to, to interact. It was not designed to uh, uh, basically come to a conclusion about controversial issues. It was, more, it was a more way of hanging out with, uh, uh, with their fellow students. 
And they seem to handle it in a very healthy way. And maybe it's because of the way that they, uh, you know, they grew up with it. Uh, it's we, it's us adults that I think have trouble with the social media in that uh, either we don't completely understand it or we are trying to use it as a tool. Uh, whereas the young people, uh, the students understand that it's a way to connect. And I, it has had a big impact, though, because of the fact that, Steve, when you and I were young, if, when we wanted to hang out with our friends, we had to get into a car. And we drove into a certain meeting spot, and we met our friends, and we interacted. Our students today can interact within seconds uh, with technology, and they don't need to have a meetup spot. Um, so it has had a big impact, uh, some of it positive, some of it negative, but overall, I would say our students handle it far better than we adults do. <laughs> well, how can, uh, you talked about possible teacher shortages in the future. How can USD 259 yeah. attract and retain more teachers? Well, I tell you, we work, uh, with our local colleges to, um, Really, I mean, we're basically on the ground floor at our local colleges talking to students all the time about if you want to make, because this generation really wants to make a difference in their world, whether it's environmental issues, uh, whether it's uh, gender issues, as we were talking about earlier, if it's poverty issues, uh, they really want to make a difference in this world. It's almost like a uh, a digital version of the 1960s where the people got out into the streets to, to make a change in their world. These kids are uh, basically using technology to try to make a difference along with uh, human interaction. So we're on the ground floor, really stressing to those those young students that if you want to make a difference in your world, the best place to do that is to become a teacher. We are also uh, visiting historic uh, black colleges, uh, trying to get that community involved in uh, teaching. And it's basically a recruitment uh, effort, and it's a recruitment uh effort that is critical for the future. And we are competing with uh, a lot of different industries um, and we have to make sure our pay continues to, to uh, climb at an appropriate rate to stay competitive. Uh, but, you know, the other thing that kind of gets lost in this equation, Steve, is that there's actually less students too. So even though there's a lot of retirements and a lot of shortages in teachers, there's actually less students as well. So so keeping that good balance of how many students should be in a classroom um, is for each teacher is something that we constantly have to kind of tinker with. Biggest challenge facing the Wichita schools today? Well, I think the biggest challenge facing us now is to strive for a really good balance between graduating students with life skills 
versus we have to show improvement in achievement. I think of myself as uh, semi-successful. I've, 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 I've uh, made a little something with my life. Uh, but if you would go back and look at my grades, if you went back and looked at my standardized test, if you looked at my ACT score, which I'm still embarrassed about, <laughs> uh, you would say, okay, this person is not going to make it successfully in our society, perhaps, or not be a leader or, or, or maybe not get up to the top of their company. But I also learned soft skills in the Wichita Public Schools that helped me you know, uh, advance in my life. That is what the Wichita Public Schools has has to do. And, and we I'm, have to. I, I'm going to have to interrupt yeah. because we're out of time. But we thank oh, you. Oh boy! Thanks for being with us, our guest, Wichita Board of Education President Stan Reeser. That's all for this edition of Issues 2021. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.